Hey everybody and welcome to episode 85 of Metallicast, the Metallica podcast. I'm your host and fellow Metallica fan. My name is Brandon. Now, I'm doing this episode a little bit differently than I've been doing the last several uh, over the last year or two because uh, it, normally I record with my guest. I uh, go back, I edit, I add on an intro, I add on an outro. But I am just too fucking lazy for that. No, no. I, I, I'm, I'm, I decided uh, I'm, I'm going to try to... I, I figure maybe I can get more episodes out to you if I save some time and treat this as if it's a live stream. Uh, except it's not going out to the world uh, on Facebook and YouTube and Twitter like my live streams do. But I'm releasing this as basically live to tape. Warts and all. So when my guest messes up i will not mess up i i i am perfect all the time but when my guest without a doubt messes up um i'm I'm leaving it in when there's awkward silence because my guest not me of course not me but when my guest decides to just you know sit there and say nothing all that's gonna be left in and now that i've given him such a great intro <laughs> my guest deacon how are you, sir? That, I am good. Thank you. That was really tough for me to like stay quiet during that. I was about to just crack <laughs> up. I don't want to ruin a surprise of who it was, but uh, yeah, awesome to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. Of course. Well, I, I'm happy to have you on because uh, you've had me on your show, Deacon and Co. show, a couple times now. We have talked uh, sports, wrestling, and of course, <laughs> Metallica. Um, and you were kind enough to come on and be one of my friends of misery in my absence away. And, uh, I'm still taking a little bit of an absence away. We're not back to the one a week schedule yet by any means. Um, I, I, I said on, uh, the fourth anniversary live stream back in December, I announced that I would be doing two a month. Well, you get one a month right now in January anyways. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm doing what I can. Um, I, th there will be more episodes to come. I promise you that. Um, I was hoping to do one like pre-recorded episode, one live stream a month, and then work my way back up to one a week. But for right now, I'm going to just record when I can. That's all I can promise you people. Uh, I'm going to record when I can. And I promise, I do promise down the road, there will be more plentiful episodes like there used to be. But I, I gotta, I gotta take care of my babies right now. You know what I'm saying, Deacon? Absolutely, man. And that's, that's too the cool thing too, of stepping away and, and getting, you know, to be a parent and take some time to do that, you know, because if you don't, you know, it's the golden years right now, man, and especially your wife needs the help too. <laughs> Absolutely. So it, it's funny though. I, I will share one quick, uh, proud, uh, father story, uh, from today. Um, so my oldest daughter, she is two years old now. Uh, I picked her up wow. from I picked her up from daycare. I know it, the last two years flew by. I picked her up from daycare. <laughs> we come home, uh, and you know she is all about being a ballerina. She loves any <laughs> dress or any shirt that like looks like it could be a dress. Um, it, she and we have like little ballerina slippers for her. Uh, so she was wearing like a long shirt. 
and it was her ballerina shirt. We put her ballerina slippers on and we often, you know, put YouTube on the TV and we'll put on like a ballet video, usually like some kids doing ballet and then she'll twirl and have like a little dance party. So she's asking for ballet. Uh, So my wife, she goes to put on some ballet video on YouTube and then she goes, no, ballet after Metallica. This is a true story that, that happened today. And then we just listened to Metallica, like all through dinner. We just listened to Metallica. And, that was uh, awesome. And and so I'm, I'm trying to raise her right. And uh, if I go, Metallica, she'll go, Metallica. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm trying to raise her right. And uh, it was a proud moment. And I also took it as a sign that uh, this was the right day to come back and record. And I got the perfect guest to record. Of course, I'm just uh, – pulling his leg as they say about the awkward silence and all that but this will be <laughs> warts and all I'm, I'm not going back and fixing anything not because i'm lazy um but because hopefully by saving me that editing time i can kind of start like the ball rolling and get more of these going and uh most of you i don't think will carry one way or the other so to be quite honest and if you do care let me know at Metallica Spot on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. But anyways, Deacon, the reason I wanted you on the show is because, besides the fact that it's long overdue, um, is that you are, of course, a massive Metallica fan. Uh, your show, Deacon and Co. Show, you are, uh, you. it's a, kind of like a variety talk show where you cover uh, a lot of sports, but also a lot of music in every episode there is Metallica talk because Metallica is your all time favorite band. Now I know you've touched upon it on your show. Uh, I think you might've touched upon it when you came on for my friends in misery, but for anybody who maybe uh, missed either of those, fill the Metallica in on uh, (laughs) your Metallica story. How did you get into the band? Um, Well, to be honest with you, it's, it's more, it's, it's a little weird because I grew up in a household where I listen to country and rap. They are the two furthest spectrums of music from each other. And uh, as I got older, you know, I had a couple of songs by Metallica that I liked. My, my first two songs I ever heard, uh, Master of Puppets and Harvester of Sorrow. Always going to have a special place in my heart for both of those. So one day, um, and, and this is the classic moment in the first time that you came on. I don't think anybody has said this, which was awesome. Uh, I had a fight with my wife and uh, she actually won tickets when she worked for Sirius XM to the employee contest. And she says to me, she's like, you know, we had this fight. And she says, well, I guess then you're just going to sit home and you're not going to go to the Apollo theater when I go and see Metallica. And, uh, walked in the venue first time that I ever saw them live and, uh, hit the lights was my first song I ever heard them play. And I was hooked ever since, uh, left the concert from New York city, came home that next morning. I bought every album. So it's interesting because you are kind of a more recent fan, but you're, your fandom has uh, like grown to a point where you are like, how many shows have you been to since then? You've been to a lot. I've been to a lot. Um, Vegas coming up will be my 60th. Damn. So that's in, you figured that the Apollo was 2012. So yeah, I've done this in a 10 year span, but yeah. Unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, because it's never unfortunate when you see that. But as I was explaining to some other people as well, um, a lot of these came on like multiple shows. So like I've seen the Hardwired tour eight times. So like, does that really count as eight different times? Yes, but it's on one tour. 
Yeah, no, it counts. I mean, if you if if you follow them on tour, and you go to every single show on that tour, you can say you've seen them every single night, right? Every different show is definitely uh, a, a different Metallica concert, whether it's the same set list or different set list. But usually, uh, even on the Hardwired tour, which was a little bit more predictable set wise, they did you know mix up here or there with a couple tracks. So I mean, you you, and even if it's the same songs, it's a different stage, different audience. The band might be, you know, really on one night, maybe a little bit off another night. So it's a completely different experience each and every time. Absolutely. I uh, couldn't agree with you more. I mean, that, and, that, and that's the beauty of live music. You know, it, it's uh, the, the energy from the band, the energy from the crowd. Um, I, I, I got to say, I, I, I miss it. I miss live music. I have not been to a live show in a good while between the kids and the COVID it just uh, it it just has not happened yet. But I do have tickets in February to my first live concert in a while. I'm seeing, um, hopefully, seeing Ghost and Volbeat. Uh, and, oh wow! Uh, I'm hoping uh, I'm hoping the show happens. I'm hoping there is not like some crazy uptick in COVID again that scares me away from going. But I, I do have uh, the two young ones, so I'm kind of trying to be you know extra precautious because of you know of them so absolutely i cannot have them home for two weeks from daycare <laughs> <laughs> absolutely yeah that, that that would be a little bit rough too I, 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 I usually i have uh it's funny that you mentioned that about the about your daughter doing that that's the funniest thing so i have i have two little nephews who um who are really getting into it and, and for whatever reason it's just like the popular you know names of the songs that these guys remember but um the one thing that they asked for uh when i went away they didn't want toys didn't want candy they just said uh can you please do me a favor and can you please and so i did so they they watch it every single day and uh if they're if they're annoying because you know sometimes those little guys say that one more time you 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 blocked out for uh, a moment there we lost i'm sorry did i lose you what part did you what part did you hear me off last uh they they wanted uh they did not want toys or candies they just wanted and then you you left (laughs) us hanging like a there in the abyss sorry there um (laughs) yeah they only wanted to have a live video of master of puppets so i got mm. them the video obviously so they yeah. watch it every day so when they're annoying um you know because sometimes <laughs> those little guys could be annoying uh what i do is i hook up my phone on the youtube to their tv and give them a wake-up call of whatever concert i'm watching for that day mm. and then those guys just go crazy for the day <laughs> <laughs> awesome. i love it oh yeah so you are uh so among all those metallica shows that you have been to 60 you said now well the las vegas will be the 60th right las vegas would be 60th so uh among those include the recent 40th anniversary shows now i I, i'm going to be completely transparent with everybody um i was super excited for these 40th anniversary shows did i go to them no i got the two young ones at home i just could not uh get away it's a completely across the country from where i live um a week before Christmas, the money, the this, the that, the COVID, just and I, I did hear. Uh, yeah, I guess did you, uh, if you do not mind sharing, Deacon, did you luck out with the COVID? I heard there was a, like some outbreaks there after the 40th shows because it was like, it, it was when like the spikes were hitting, uh, were hitting high again. Yeah, it was pretty bad. So um, 
what happened was was we we went back and forth uh, my wife and i uh we we traveled this year pretty much to see metallica uh louisville uh, atl live uh the um the 40th anniversary show so we're back and forth so as as if anyone doesn't know uh who hasn't heard of my show uh, of course a lot of your fans haven't but i'm from new york uh but i was i'm born in california so going back and forth cross country to me wasn't an issue uh you know especially because i love you know being home but uh we traveled all the way all these places we were extra safe and then the one of our friends who happens to live in brooklyn new york um was out there for the show too and she had covid and was in the back seat of my car with me hmm. somehow i don't know how but i didn't touch it oh. i don't That's i don't know how. good for you yeah so it was yeah it was a rough situation i was yeah. sick though but I never tested positive for COVID. Like I was sick, like on my last day of coming home. Yeah. Um, and the way that, the way that we did it uh, was, and I'm going to give all Metallica fans um, a little insight on how to get these tickets and whatnot. If, you know, if instead of ordering them or buying them, whatever it is in advance, there's an easier way to do this. Um, but on my way home and actually for us to save, you know, pretty much like almost 13 or $1,400, I had to fly into LA get a rental car and then drive up to San Fran and then drive back down to LAX to fly because it was crazy money, as you mentioned, mm. to fly into San Francisco. Yeah. That is so a nice just, drive though. I have done that drive before. It is a nice drive. Oh yeah. It's a beautiful drive, especially yeah. if you can go down US one and go to coast. Right. That's what that's, we did. That's, yeah. Yeah, it took us 13 hours to get from, you know, Sacramento down to L.A. Um, the first time in October after uh, Aftershock. But then I just took uh, the 405 straight down, five hours I was there. That was it. I wasn't trying to do 13 hours again. <laughs> as beautiful as it was, um, I was rolling through from the night before of the Metallica show how crazy it was out there. It took us almost three hours to leave uh, Discovery Park to get back to where Sleep yeah. Train Arena was. So it was a complete shit show. Yeah. So by the time I got back to the hotel, it was four, three, four in the morning. I'm like, all right, let's go pack the bags. We'll go in LA. That's it. <laughs> I mean, I'm, well, I'm glad that you guys made it out healthy. I, I, I kept on seeing things on uh, Facebook and in the forums like, oh, I tested positive. I tested positive. I tested. I was like, oh God. Um, uh, but uh, I, 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 I hope anybody who did test positive is listening is feeling better. Hopefully you are at this point, you know, a uh, couple months removed now or a month removed now. I have no clue what date it is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it, there is no time for me right now. Um, but um, I'm, I'm glad that you and the missus made it out healthy. And uh, of course, uh, you know, COVID aside, it's the fucking 40th anniversary show. <laughs> so, uh, and, and here's where I'm at in my life. Right. So I was, I was like, oh, I hope that they stream it. I hope that they stream it. I hope that they stream it. And guess what? They streamed it. But in my hope of them streaming it, I did not connect the dots that they are on Pacific time. So 9 o'clock Pacific time is, uh, what, 1 a.m. here? So uh, 12. 12. Thank you. Yeah, so midnight here. And I know they're playing two to three hours. So you figure... That show's wrapping up at, uh, you know, 2.30 a.m.-ish. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I got the two little ones. I was like, there is no way. There is no way I can stay up 12 to 2.30. And I got to be up and do feedings and this and that. So I, I missed out on the stream. So then they they, they replayed it over Christmas weekend. 
And I was like, yeah. I'm going to catch it. I'm going to catch it. And uh, then but it was like on something else I had to like sign up for. And then before I knew it, it was like the, the weekend passed. And, I, you know, Christmas weekend was all about the kids. And I what I'm trying to say is I'm an old, boring father now who misses out on everything <laughs> Metallica. Uh, um, but uh, so I, I, I missed out on the streams, too. Is what I'm trying to say. I, I'm going to catch the. Uh, I've seen clips. I've seen clips, and I'm going to check out the full concert down the road when I have time. I, the thing is, I'm I'm the type of person who like I do not want to like. I I don't mind watching like a song or two, but like I I don't want to like sit down and watch like an hour of the show. I want to sit down and watch like the whole freaking show at once. And it's very hard to like find you know two to three hours where I can actually sit down and watch and enjoy it. Um, but, uh, uh, I, I, I will sit down and do so at some point. Um, because I, I think it is coming back on like video on demand. I'm sure the whole shows are on YouTube uh, right now. Also anyways, but, uh, I need, the reason I say all that, uh, is not to depress everybody. And you can tell me I'm a, I'm a fake fan online. Okay. Um, but, uh, <laughs> uh at Metallica's pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. But I, the reason I say is that because I, I, I was following along on Twitter. I've seen the set list. I, I, like I said, I've seen a clip here or there. But, you know, I, I, I was very far removed from the 40th anniversary shows. A lot more removed than I ever could imagine being as, you know, the Metallica fan that I am. So I need you, Deacon. I, you, you were my eyes and ears on the ground. <laughs> I need you to fill me in. Without making me too sad and jealous. Um, <laughs> now you went to. Uh, there were two nights, obviously. Uh, you went to one night or both nights. Both nights. Okay. Uh, I hate you. Uh, and, but please <laughs> tell me uh, what walk us through what that weekend was like from your perspective. Absolutely. Um, first things first is before uh, we get into anything along the lines of what had happened, like during the concert and stuff. For anybody who is ever having problems or wants to go to a Metallica show or this works for any type of venue as well. And this is what I did. So I'm going to, I'm going to make you guys absolutely jealous when I say this. So for the 40th anniversary shows, I ended up paying $115 per ticket and I was four rows back from the floor itself. So what happens is, is when you guys are looking like, for instance, if you're going to a, a baseball game and uh, games supposedly sold out, you go to the venue, you buy tickets right before. If it's a seven o'clock game, you buy them at 6.50, 6.55, There is never, ever a situation where there are no tickets available. It's just bullshit. And there's always somewhere who has a ticket, whether it's on StubHub, SeatGeek, whatever it is. So that's what we did there. Originally, I had bought some tickets from somebody who had, there was an issue on StubHub. So what had happened was, was the guy actually ref he refunded us the money. And I wasn't freaking out because I was like, all right, this is going to work out in my advantage because I'm going to end up paying just a little bit cheaper for that. But uh, the takeover for the city itself of what these guys did. Now, I'm, I'm being truthful with you here. Like, as I mentioned, I'm from California, particularly San Francisco. When I went to Aftershock in October, the streets were filled more with homeless people than I've ever seen in my life. So this was not the city that everybody loves and enjoys and was like, oh yeah, that's the full house city. Like those days are gone. You know, like yeah, it is I, really not a good place to be. I went to uh, San Fran a few years back, um, pre-kids, and uh, I did like my little Metallica tour or whatever. And, uh, you know, I... I've I've lived in Brooklyn. I, I you know I, I lived in New York. I work in New York City, and and it, uh, you know I, I I say that only because I'm 
familiar with big cities and obviously there is litter and homeless people and this and that as there is in every city but i was really taken aback by the amount of garbage and homeless people in that city yeah yeah absolutely scary and a lot of places too brandon a lot of people don't know this is that a lot of places aren't like you know the east coast or even florida texas or anything like that um a lot, we go into a bar you know for instance i go in to order food i say okay uh, can i see a menu lady goes oh yeah we're not serving food here but meanwhile the only reason i came was to get chicken wings and a beer so it's like it's very completely different you know from the opposite sides of the country and whatnot but um taking over for the weekend they did a great job i think they rejuvenated the city the city definitely needed it uh every day that they had something going on uh thursday night i didn't get into the city i was actually uh the chargers chiefs game down in la uh, i had to catch that thursday night football and then uh traveled up um so these guys had many opportunities like they had uh, different bars and different cover bands and stuff and it really was cool so with my personal opinion on both shows they were played for about two two hours and ten minutes whatever it was um if they didn't have these cover bands they probably i think would have paid, played a little longer being it's a 40th anniversary show right yeah and if that makes sense because you know, Lars's son was playing there and like these guys were across town and whatnot. So I had a couple of friends that actually uh, turned around and they, um, you know, went to went to go hang out with them. One of them was hanging out with Lars's kid. And, that, and that's cool. Like, I really thought that was cool. Um, but for me, like you said, now East Coast coming to the West Coast, I'm still rolling through from Thursday's game going into Friday, having to travel six hours up the coast. So for me, as soon as the concert was over, um, I turned around, I, you know, hung out, took some pictures and then I got back to the hotel. I'm an hour and a half away from where the concert was. So I still had to drive an hour and a half back home to the hotel. And then, uh, you got over there and whatnot. Uh, you know, it was just insane when you know, think about the travel times and all this. So by the time you get back there, as you said, two thirty, three o'clock over on the East coast, at six o'clock, I mean, I mean, uh, sorry, two thirty over on the West Coast is five thirty in the morning on the East Coast. Right. So it's still a long day, you know. Obviously, you know, I'm not sleeping on such a caliber of a concert. <laughs> so, right. you know, I finally didn't get to sleep until you know five six o'clock in the morning at the hotel. But um, walking into the venue. Uh, the venue itself was really cool, really clean. Um, it's so funny because, you know, obviously the Golden State Warriors play there. So outside of the arena itself, they have like a crown, uh, uh, like kind of like a throne type of thing that has like the big um, Golden State Warriors logo right behind it. So I sat down there. I pointed to my arm. It's a huge Lakers tattoo on my arm. And I said, just in case anybody forgets, this is the real Golden State. <laughs> so people were looking at me there like yeah this guy's out of his mind but you know yeah something, something that had to be done but um just the whole setup of how the show itself was done walking into um everybody was cool believe it or not i saw one fight uh and one fight only compared to the other festivals where people were shit based and everything else i mean obviously people were drunk and stuff here but um somebody somebody lit a cigarette in the merch stand <laughs> So somebody somebody got pissed off and when they saw him lighting up a cigarette, this one light up a joint and then it was just like World War Two and then it's like, you know, it was it was just insane. So yeah, that was that aspect of things was cool. I thought the thought the merchandise line was really not that bad. I was only online for like fifty minutes. 
Um, and I missed the terrible comedian and uh, public enemies DJ uh, that opened up for these guys. And now a lot of people thought, you know, including myself, that there would be a lot of surprises there with like special guests and stuff, we, you know, with shows prior and whatnot. But it was just great to have only Metallica there. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I figured, you know, for the 30th shows, they did, you know, the, the more intimate shows and like had all those guests and different set lists every single night. And I figured for the 40th shows, they would probably uh, kind of not do the guests uh, if for no other reason than COVID. Um, and because they kind of had already done it 10 years previously. And it, but it was nice to just have them, I think, you know, come out and do like a full on straight Metallica show. But, you know, that's not to say that the set lists were predictable by any means. Oh yeah, the set list, Brandon. I I can pretty much tell you now, and this is not to brag, and this is a, if you're a hardcore Metallica fan, I think you could do the same thing. For the Vegas shows, I'll write down on a piece of paper, put it on the show's Twitter page, and show everybody my prediction before the show of what I think is going to be played. And I would say if there's going to be 16 songs, I'm going to guess 13 of the 16 that'll be played. Um, there was no way for anybody to predict what was going to be played. Yeah, and and I've never heard. Um, a lot of the things live as a most as most people did, um, including Fixer. I've never heard a crowd go crazier for a song, and it was then Fixer, ever. Yeah, I mean that they've that that one has been that was a big one because that one you know among diehard Metallica fans, you know you go to the forums, you're in the Facebook groups, you you, you talk to the diehards, and they're like they've never played Fixer. We want to hear Fixer. It became sort of like this. Uh, uh, legend among us nerds, uh, among us Metallica <laughs> nerds, and and then they, it was like if there's ever a time to play it live, the four of shows were it, and, and and they did it night one, I believe, uh, and and uh, yeah, that that one, uh, that one was uh, uh, a, a superb pick, but I, uh, the uh, it's funny though because if they had played that like in the upcoming Las Vegas show, it would have probably you know gone out to the crowd and in, in like a, as a dud in a way because I, I think those shows you get a lot more uh casual fans you know exactly and i'm glad that you brought that up so i didn't have to um you know excuse my language uh sound like a dick here but um <laughs> the, di the difference in both of the shows were like you asked me if i went to both shows so i i got obviously I bought tickets um i had the same seats because i bought the package deal as i mentioned to you so what happens is is like the people around me, there were only, I could count on my hands, probably about seven people who were there on both Friday and Sunday night. So I had a different cast around me both times. And uh, when you got people, uh, you know, and, I'm, and obviously this is a big deal for all Metallica fans. And like you said, the hardcore fans are going to know. But these people, after the second time that they're sitting there asking me and my wife, or my wife and I rather, uh, what <laughs> song it is, I just said, nay, stop answering them. Like, they don't fucking belong here. Excuse my language again. <laughs> like, and I'm not trying to be that guy, but don't ask me when you don't know what songs they are because you don't need to be there. And if you want to be there for the history, great. Now buy every album and learn what song it is. I mean, I've never been to one of the big, um, like, metal rock festivals like an aftershock or um uh it, is aftershock what rock on the range was i always confuse which um, one's which they're they all blend in you know all the all the all those danny wimmer uh 
festivals that they headlined and stuff. I've never been to one of those. So I, I cannot speak to the, the crowd that is there, but I can speak to festival crowds and any festival I've been to. Um, I, and I'm not including like an Oz fest or like a mayhem tour or thing like, like a, a strictly metal, like one day thing. But anytime I've, uh, I've gone to like a multi-day diverse festival, the, the audience there is horrendously bad. And it's like, you people hate music. Why are you here? Um, exactly. I, I, I remember going to uh, uh, Governor's Ball in Boston, and I went to uh, Coachella one year. And uh, it was like people are just standing there for every band. I understand it's a long day. I understand you're not going to go nuts for every single person. I understand you're going to have your favorites and have like – people you could care less about and people you hate. And that that's part of being at a festival and having a diverse lineup of artists. But like people would be there like all day, just like standing there for everybody. And it's like, why, why are you even here in Coachella? Oh, did not get me started. Coachella. Yeah. It is. I went, um, the year guns and roses reunited. Oh, awesome. And, uh, it was amazing. And, you know, you just saw like GNR t-shirts everywhere, but you're like, do these people actually like GNR or is it just like, you know, them wearing like the nostalgic classic rock t-shirt because they're there and they're there to be seen or whatever. I, I say all that because like Guns N' Roses comes on and like within like one or two songs, you see like all these people wearing GNR t-shirts, like walking away from the stage and you're just like, <laughs> Yeah, mind blowing. And, and and then it's like, and this is an actual quote that came out of my mouth. I said to my wife, "I go, we need to move because this woman in the headdress is blocking my view. She's wearing like a Native American headdress. I'm like, she's not Native American. I'm like, she, but she's wearing a headdress. <laughs> and I'm like, I let's, I need to leave here and just give me like a beer and please get out of my way headdress woman. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with you. And, and these, the problem is, is like you said, you're standing there. It's a long day. So for me, I, you gotta know what you're kind of walking into with these people. So now like, you know, I, I do my thing when I go to these places. So like, uh, I kind of basically had given the festival a trial, uh, never being to one of these things. Um, it, it wasn't really the experience that I thought it was going to be because of the other fans that were there, that people that were not there, as you said, for the music completely different, obviously Vegas is going to be different than the festivals as well, but when you're mixing these bands, uh, you know, especially too, because I'm looking at the upcoming festival, Boston Calling, and the one that they have coming up in Napa. Um, the thing is, is that you're not just mixing, you know, metal music, and and that's the crazy thing because now you get all these people who don't know how to act at a Metallica concert that are screaming, that are trying to cut and run through the crowd. Um, I had mentioned this to you. I had, uh, you know, one guy turn around and take a swing at my wife um, to try to start a mosh pit. I've never seen a mosh pit in 60 shows, yet alone at a festival. And that's the truth, you know? So now it's like, even, even when I was in Louisville, they never did the mosh pit. Everybody was just rocking out. Yeah. I mean, the mosh pits exist, but they're not like a focal point of like a Metallica show these days. Anyways. Um, 
you know, you usually would go to like a more extreme metal band and uh but the people starting the mosh pits at this are like the same people who like you know i'm, I'm over generalizing about people i've never met but um are, it's like you know when you go to like uh the way i envision is like people who go to like uh uh back in the day like went to limp biscuit and had never been to like a heavy show ever and that was like the heaviest band they ever saw and they're like let's, <laughs> yeah. let's mosh and they don't really know like what moshing is or how to do it but they like start a pit, you know, I said that in quotes yeah, yeah. of you people who cannot see me. Um, I don't know. <laughs> it, it's just, it, it's, uh, you know, I have, I have mixed feelings, but I, I think festivals are great. And from the standpoint of like, you do have a, a diverse lineup. Most of the time you do have a diverse audience there. I think it's all great. I just, uh, uh, I, somebody out there, tell me the festival to go to where the people there actually love music. You know, and, and and appreciate music and respond to music and react to music and are not just there to be seen. I know that festival's out there, and I, I just need somebody to tell me what festival that is so I can check it out. I think, but um, it, you you were hitting up the festivals like you said. You went to the fortieth shows. Uh, what was the highlight for you uh, from the fortieth shows? What was whether uh, experience wise or set list wise? What was the highlight for you? Uh well, if I may be honest here, right? Am I allowed to be honest? Is that one Please of those things honest. that is required on the Metallicast podcast? Okay. Of course. So, two nights. I know what kind of day I'm going to have Monday having to drive back down from San Francisco down to L.A. So, I chose Friday night to trip out and do all my activities. So, that was the wrong set list to trip out for me because of how emotional that set list was. So, I was on, like, the roller coaster. I had things popping out at me 3D like I'd never seen before. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was, I was, I, you know, it was, it was a really good time. But the thing was is that, like, the excitement, the buildup there. Um, as I mentioned to you guys earlier, the reason why I mentioned this was is that the first song I ever saw them play live was Hit the Lights. So, they started night one with right. Hit the Lights. Yeah. So, it was really, I'm like, all right, this is my show. I'm meant to be here, all this stuff. And then going down the list. You're going into um, Creeping Death was next and then Trapped Under Ice. That was the highlight for me because I've never heard Trapped Under Ice and it's probably the most underrated song on Ride the Lightning. Yeah, I mean, I do love how the set list was structured where they went through, they did at least one song from every studio album in chronological order and then night two, reverse order. So you start with Kill 'Em All and then you end with Kill 'Em All. Um, and starting with Hit the Lights and Seeking the Destroy is just like so Metallica. You know, it, it was like perfect. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And the cool thing was, was like night one was a little weird because like I said, like I said, you know, was doing my thing and uh, somebody took my bracelets. They put bracelets on the chairs. So what they did was, was like you put the bracelet on every time Lars hit the drums, um, they would just go off different colors. Obviously, puppets went off green, red, you know, but hit the lights. They were just going crazy. And uh, I think probably that was the most that the lights were flickering, too, because obviously hit the lights with these little light bracelets. Um, so I didn't have a bracelet for like three quarters of the first show. And I was just like feeling weird because I'm the only person I'm looking around and I'm like, oh, shit, I don't have a bracelet. <laughs> <laughs> so it was weird but yeah they started me it was all right i was still loud and everything um the experience too of just like the stadium itself like it was just a perfect for me venue um to see them because like overall there wasn't really a bad seat in the house even if you would have got up in like the nosebleeds or whatever it was you still had great view of the band itself yeah that's awesome um 
Was there a low light? Like something, oh, this song. I'm going to assume the low light was just traveling. (laughs) (laughs) Um, For me, uh, you know, I don't don't like to be this guy and and say it like that. But um, for me. You heard it here. Deacon hates Metallica. (laughs) For me, no. Um, Obviously, we knew what we were going to expect. I got I got escaped the whole black album thing like during the summer i never did i i never i did not go to the second night of each festival because of football season so i had to get back for football so i only went to the friday show of these festivals um so i missed the whole black album um so just anytime that's something from black album it's like you know i'm i'm shocker for me if, if the real low point if you want to call it was I didn't get to hear uh, For Whom the Bell Tolls or The Four Horsemen, and I expected those, and I'm glad that I didn't hear them because of what they replaced them with. Right, yeah. Way to turn a negative into a positive, Deacon. (laughs) You can't, I mean, on this show, you know, you got to think about it. Like, You really cannot go wrong at these shows. Um, No, not at all. So the next one is Vegas, and if... I'm as, if I'm not mistaken, this is like a. I know there's there's two openers, but it's a straight up Metallica show. Uh yeah, Greta Van Fleet, and I'm not sure who the other opener is, but also too, uh, like to get the people on the attraction to get them in there. Billy Joel will also be playing Saturday night, so I'm sure yeah. that maybe we'll see him on Nothing Else Matters come out and do a little piano or something. I would love that. I was actually thinking of that too. You know, I wonder if there'll be some kind of. Uh, some kind of crossover there because they were advertising them as like kind of one, you know, one weekend, two icons and like really hyping up both shows. So I was wondering if like, maybe we see Metallica or a member of Metallica do something with him on, uh, you know, at his show. And then maybe he does something like you said, maybe piano, nothing else matters. Uh, That would be phenomenal. I think. Oh, yeah, definitely would be exciting. And, yeah, I think something like that would happen. I mean, for them to, you know, kind of put them on the same bill and that kind of thing, you know, obviously with the weekend packaging and stuff like that, I can't see why they wouldn't do something together, but you never know. Yeah. I mean, I know from, uh, you know, being to Billy Joel, uh, I've seen Billy Joel once or twice before, and, uh, you know, being fairly local to him in the New York area because he he was just doing those Madison Square Garden shows like – Oh, what was it like once a week or once a month or whatever it was um and uh yeah like that residency there so like you'd always hear about you know so and so showed up so and so showed up and he he's no stranger to playing with guests and obviously metallica's not either so if if, if the it, it seems like a, a perfect opportunity and elton john already wrote the the piano part of nothing else matters if you check out the miley cyrus cover so oh yeah it <laughs> was just, great he, too. He, he I, just I copy his part yeah that was great um Deacon, tell us about the Deacon and Co. show and where we can hear it, what we can expect from it. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Well, Deacon and Co. show, as you mentioned earlier, is um, I'm not in the Deep Dive podcast. Big shout out to all those guys. Um, I'm not in there because I asked you, I actually came to you, I said, 
hey, uh, buddy, how would you classify my show? <laughs> so I don't know if it's, you know, what's supposed to be, you know, more like lines of Metallica show, but I always try to touch base on the things that are going on. We're going to have uh, some type of tribute coming up to Meatloaf, uh, rest in peace to him. And as you mentioned, I'm just more of like a music and a, you know, a sports show. We do music reviews, movie reviews, all that kind of thing. I'm working with some cool guests coming up, um, you know, just basically, you know, trying to connect with people, um, with the Metallica aspect of things. And now since uh, we were, was approved for Deke Talica, chapter of Long Island, so I'm president and creator, obviously, it's a different ball game now. So now like meeting new people um, to the extreme of actually saying, okay, let's get together and let's go to these shows is actually now a reality. Yeah. So that's what I've been working on, getting them on, getting their experiences, uh, you know, with that. And, uh, you know, of course, there's always a lot of laughs and no filters. That That's the big thing, you know? <laughs> And yeah, you've had some uh my favorite Metallica fans on there and some people have appeared on this here podcast as well. Uh the Svetos, uh Jordan, I'm probably missing one or two others as well. Um, but uh yeah, you you've had some great people on your show as well. And and I would I would describe it as it always reminded me of like when you listen to like morning FM radio where they talk about like sports and pop culture and movies and tv and music except yours is like not uh uh it's not done in a cheesy way and it's catered specifically to your interests so it's like (laughs) so like this the the sports are kind of more general even though you always talk about the lakers and chargers and all your teams but then you you know you talk about the movies that you like you talk about the music that you like which means you know i would say i'll say 80 percent of the time is metallica 10% 10% of the time is Iron Maiden and then <laughs> the other 10% is uh, like miscellaneous, but uh, maybe even 85% Metallica and 5% miscellaneous. But um, <laughs> it, would you think that, would you, would you say that's an accurate description of the show? I would. And, you know, as I mentioned to you and everybody else too, is um, the the best part of being there at the 40th anniversary shows is understanding. And, and you hit the nail on the head earlier is understanding there were people who were crying and they were like, this is my first Metallica show. I've come from Ukraine. I've come from China. I've come from everywhere to get there. And that really moved me to know that there are people out there that love this band as much as I have. And I couldn't picture my life without them. They changed my life. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll be honest. My biggest, um, my biggest disappointment about not going to the 40th shows was the fact that so many people I have met through this podcast were going to be there and would have been like an opportunity to finally like see their face in person and meet them and have a beer with them and, uh, and all that. So I, I, I guess we'll just have to do it at the 50th shows in 10 years. Absolutely. We're, we're still, we're, we're still, um, the, I, I obviously, I, I brought back some stuff for some people that couldn't get there. So your package, if it hasn't got to you yet, will be there um, momentarily or not momentarily, but daily or, you know, in the next couple of days inside of there. I said, Mrs. O, I have to steal Brandon to go to Boston. Please let him go. <laughs> well, so yeah, I definitely got to get you there. I'm thinking about I'm thinking about the Boston Calling show. I'm on the fence. It's a holiday weekend, which is hard with the kids. Uh, We usually do, you know, go away and do some family stuff that weekend. But my biggest 
my biggest holdup is that they have not officially announced single day passes yet for it. They've only announced yeah. three day passes, which are like the the bottom tier three day pass before like all the extra fees is like three hundred and sixty something dollars. So you know it's gonna be probably four hundred plus. Yeah. And the only band I would pay money to see those three nights is pretty much Metallica and they're only playing one of the nights. So I'm like, I cannot spend $400 to see Metallica one night. Um, will they announce the single day passes? I've heard rumors that they're going to, but at best of my knowledge, they've not yet. No, they haven't yet. I would say about a month, but here's the thing too. I'm a hundred percent with you. So like when everybody does their mad shuffle to go run for Weezer, I'm going to be front row up against a rail because that's what happened when I did in Sacramento, I turned around, everybody went to go see both beat. Everybody ran to go see this one. And I, I stood there for rancid. Everybody that saw rancid, they ran. I sat right in front. It was the coolest experience for me when it comes to like being that close to them. But um, the bad thing about buying those three day passes, besides the prices, you cannot sell them because they only give you one wristband and that's yours for all three days. Right. Yeah. So that's how they get you. But I can guarantee that they're going to sell single day passes because of what they're doing Friday in Napa and then going to Boston. I know people that are doing both shows. Yeah. Well, we'll just have to wait and see. I, 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 I will, I'm going to try to make it work. I cannot by any means guarantee it. I will make it work, but I'm going to try to make it work. Um, because that, that would just be, you know, a few hour drive for me. It's an easy drive. So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, have you ever been to like something over there, like Boston Calling or anything, or this would be like the first time over there? Um, Governor's Ball is in Boston. Um, I'm not. Okay. I'm not sure if Boston Calling is in the same uh, location or a different location. Um, I think it's in Harvard. Boston Calling. I think it's in Harvard. Right. So I, I mean, I'm familiar with the area, but um, uh, I mean, I, I went to I went to college over there and. Uh, and whatnot. So uh, I, I'm familiar with the area. I'm not sure I know exactly like the location that the actual show's in, but you know, I know, I know the general space. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> At least from you know, 15 years ago, <laughs> it might be different. <laughs> now, Boston does not change that much, though. Boston does not change that much. So no, definitely. <laughs> All right. So the Deacon and Co. Show. You can find it everywhere you find this podcast, uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify. Um, Deacon, are you requesting your podcast be removed from Spotify? Uh, um, no, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just referencing the the news story about Neil Young uh, getting his, no, yeah, no, I, his, I, I, I his, yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, I will. I will not be removing my podcast from Spotify. In fact, I will be waiting out uh, for that Joe Rogan money. Um, whatever, he, whatever <laughs> he got, whatever he got, like a hundred million. I want double that Spotify. Okay, so um, check us out on there, Deacon and Co Show. Of course, Metallicast at Metallicast Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Send me all your love and hate mail there. Um, Deacon, what what is your social that you can plug? Um, you guys can find me, uh, Deacon and Co Show, Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to leave a line, Deacon and Co Show at gmail.com. Excellent. So give him a follow. Check out the links in the episode description. I'll link to his social and uh, probably the Deacon and Co Show as well. Uh, I want to give one last plug to my man, Hector Caster, the one man band behind. 
the Metallicast intro music. I hope that you guys appreciated uh, this episode. It's a little bit, uh, you know, slightly different format. You got all the meats and potatoes of it, all right? None of that extra <laughs> intro and outro, uh, you know. And, and so hopefully uh, uh, there's a little bit more uh, enjoyable for you. It was. I think this will end up being easier for me, and hopefully that means more episodes on the way. My goal is two episodes in February. Do not hold me to it, but you'll at least get one episode. And uh, I, I'm I'm doing the baby steps back to one a week, like I said, and eventually, eventually, I, I think I'll be there, um, as, as, if, if things go according to uh, my master plan for world domination. <laughs> Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, mill up your ass, Deacon. Do me the favor of give me a yeah yeah, yeah yeah. We're also never never lands. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Fans not experts.